On today's episode, we talk about the importance of drainage and detox and the six systems that are involved in drainage and detox. So if you are dealing with things like nausea or itchy skin or constipation, floating stools, you feel like you're in a healing protocol and all of the symptoms are getting worse and you don't know what to do, look to your detox pathways. So today we explain what those are, how can how you can support them, and ultimately how you can get your body feeling better and as healthy as possible. So if you love this show, please do not forget to rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast so that we can continue to spread the good word. When you look good, you feel good. Uh-huh. That's the only way I feel you should. Coulda, woulda, never did it for you. Gotta do it for the love. Do it for the culture. Feel it in your soul, life like a roller coaster. Got us ups and its downs, but you gotta keep going. Don't stop when you still got motion. Stay dedicated daily devotion hump day yes i love wednesdays because it's like all right thursday <laughs> get, through get through today get through thursday and then fridays are usually like the project day and i don't i can't say wednesdays are usually a really busy day for me which can get kind of stressful so it's not my favorite yeah um Wednesdays and Thursdays, like mm-hmm. Wednesdays and Thursdays are usually big call days yeah. and lately Mondays too. I mean, let's be honest, Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesdays are podcast days, Fridays. I try to my best to block out so that we can just do usually content and social media all day and then get nothing else done because it consumes my life. Well, I end up going down rabbit holes of like yesterday I had three hour block. Okay. Am I going to study this? Am I going to research this? I'm going to work on the kid's guide. And then I just, you know. <laughs> The hours fly by. No, I did. I did. Oh, okay, uh, good. Yesterday I did the acne uh, course stuff. It wasn't like oh, yeah, too yeah. long, but then, um, yeah. So Fridays I try to be really protecting my time, but I am having uh, lunch with my chiropractor this Friday, which I'm oh, excited fun. about. So yeah. we, uh, we have a long meeting with our financial advisor this Friday. Fantastic. Um, Nick leaves for an entire week. It's going to be okay. Better get you some gummies. I just. I, <laughs> Something. I, he gets home at night and I've already had like an hour and a half with the kids, usually after a long day of work. Yeah. And yesterday Taylor was just, she was a piece and a half and she just wears me down to the core some days and he comes home and he can see it on my face and he like proceeds with caution. It's like that video that I sent you, the... So I'm sure a lot of people have seen the reel of the girl that's wearing like tiny little jean shorts in this neon bodysuit and has a little hand po- hand bag and heels. And she goes, I feel like I'm going to a mom to the- pick up my kids from school. And a bunch of people have created, created spinoff reels from it. Yeah. But there's one. There is one that has been created that wins. And she- <laughs> okay. I, I, we got to talk about this. So first of all, this chick is wearing like a neon yellow or neon orange top. Yes. Jean shorts and heels. I don't know what mom dresses in heels with shorts and a spandex top, but it ain't me or any of the moms that I know. I feel like I'm pretty well put together compared to a lot of the moms that come to pick up at daycare. But what? And I'm wearing leggings. Why the fuck are you wearing heels with shorts to pick your kids up from school? You're not like going to dinner or club or dance. Like I just don't get it. (laughs) But anyway, so this girl does a spinoff and she goes, the mom attire has been announced this is what we wear now. And so she like is wearing a robe. She's like, no longer is it the robe. She wear it, pulls it off. And like, she knows she's not super thin or anything. She goes, I have a neon orange bodysuit, which says proceed with caution. I am unhinged. <laughs> I was like, that's how I feel some days. 
sweating it so and then she pulls she pulls the shorts up they're so high-waisted that you can totally see her fupa and the whole crotch situation and she's like nothing says like a yeast infection like she this. Says, nothing says fashion like a yeast infection it's just like it is the best and then the stilettos that she purchased for amazon they're like super silver rhinestone oh my gosh it was it was so it's great. great i posted it on my i should have saved it because it was probably i sent it to a few people so i'm mm-hmm. gonna probably go back and save it and just watch it occasionally to make myself happy um but yeah it's it can be a lot some days and so yesterday was one of those days where nick got home and he was like he i see it on his face where he's unsure of me and he's unsure of what mood i'm in <laughs> He just kind of stops away from me a little bit and asks if I'm okay or what's wrong. Okay. He needs to stop asking these questions. <laughs> I feel like we need to have a little chat, Nick. It's it's stop asking if I'm okay. Like just ask, what can I help you with? Hey, do you need five minutes to go outside? Go for a walk. I got the kids. Like he he likes to push my buttons. That's like his love language. <laughs> yes, he does. And today, a perfect example, Tuesday mornings I come to Liz's. I bring a lot of stuff, especially because I'm doing the flush right now. I have, two smoothies. I have two smoothies. I have coffee or my rice mushroom coffee. I have another extra cup of rice mushroom coffee for later. I have my water. I have my purse with my computer. I have my other bag with a change of clothes because we podcast so much. And I'm running out the door, pushing the kids out the door as he's getting home from the gym because I let him go to the gym in the mornings because that's the time he can go. So I take the kids every morning. And <laughs> he goes, you're late. And I was like, you know that that is triggering right now. Okay. (laughs) And he knows it too. And he does it anyways. And so, yeah. And then he asks as I'm getting into, you know, getting Taylor, he, she's screaming because he's trying to put her in the car seat and she doesn't want her to put it in the car seat. She wants me to put her in the car seat. And so she's standing up, turning on and off the light and being like, no, I want mama. I want mama. And he's like, fine. And then he looks at me and he goes, are you okay? And I was like, what do you think? I mean, like I'm late. And I have these children that are chaos. <laughs> like, what do you think? Oh my gosh. And so, yeah. Um, it's just, that's in the afternoons after Wednesdays and Thursdays in particular, I tend to be a little, mm-hmm. tend to be a little on edge. Last night I just wasn't really talking much. And Art's like, are you, I can, you're just tired, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I just don't really have too much to say right now. <laughs> Other I get talked out. I get to go to bed if you want to go to bed. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We so are great. We got, um, I have to tell the story cause it's funny and cute at the same time. So I got this devotional for busy couples yeah. and it's basically, you know, one page, small book per day. So I said, all right, I'm like, okay, we can start reading this before we go to bed. Cause he always reads before bed. Usually I just come over and I'm freezing and I'm like tucked under the covers <laughs> and I'm like, I'm coming on your side again. Cause I'm cold, you know, to go to bed. So we uh, read it like he was reading it last night and he's a very good reader, you know, in terms of he reads with voices and tonality. tonality yeah. So um, it was good that we did our first one last night and it was talking about like talking about your dreams together as a couple, which I feel like we're pretty good at, but you yeah, know, we could talk about more. And so um, we're going to start that kind of like nighttime routine just because in terms of any type of like Bible study, devotional, things like that, we don't. And it's, we've have, you know, I have like a women's devotional. I need to make, you know, time for that. But I thought, okay, this is a good starting place. Um, we can do it. It's for busy couples. It gets us to do it together. So I'm excited for that. But, um, yeah, usually by eight 45, I am like, if Marcus is not in bed, let's go to bed. I'll lay with you. And like, uh, Friday night, fall asleep with him at eight 30, woke up at like one, went upstairs to our bed 
I'm like, whatever. I'm just tired. Like I'm exhausted at the I end know. of the week. I know. So it's so funny. I, uh, so one more really funny. So this weekend, Nick took Carson to a birthday party at the, there's like an Elgin center. It's a mm-hmm. swim center. They have like big swim slides and stuff like that. And I stayed home cause Taylor, um, she refuses to be with my husband. So he took him for a few hours and then went to his parents and came home and he got home and he goes, I think I forgot Carson's bathing suit there. I was like, well shit, like it's like 25 minutes away. And he has one bathing suit that fits him and he has swim lessons every Friday. And so I, we were trying, I was like, I might need to order him another bathing suit or something. And Liam, the kids that birthday party it was texted his mom texted me and she goes, did Carson leave his bathing suit here? And I go, yes, thank you so much. Actually, my husband did, but you know, and she goes, yeah, moms would never forget that. And, and so I told Nick and he was like, whatever, at least I took him. I was the only dad there. And the, her, the mom texted me again. And she goes, I told my husband and he was laughing and he goes, yeah, I mean, of course he left it there. He's the, he's the dad. And I was like, this is so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I mean, at that point it's like just Okay, order it from Amazon. My time is worth more than mm-hmm. driving yes. to and from an. Elgin I would rather center. spend fifteen or twenty dollars on a bathing suit that he's going to grow out of in a year. Yeah, that. Yeah, we so. left Marcus's hat at Export last weekend, and I was like, "Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we'll just get it next weekend." So we got it this past weekend. I remembered whatever. Poor kid, he busted his lip oh. at while he was playing in the center uh, while I was working out or whatever, and. Um, then we had to go to swim and I was like, great. You just look like you got beat up. And then our friends came over for Super Bowl, and the boys, I think I'm meant to be a one, one child mom, because mm-hmm. I don't know that I could handle the chaos, especially between the three of them, three boys together. They were nonstop wrestling. And like, my heart is just like, okay, somebody's going to get hurt here. Like the little one, um, I think he's two and a half, maybe three. If Melissa's listening, she'll know our, our good friend. <laughs> like, I feel like Mav is going to break. Like he's in the middle of these two and Asher's a little bit taller than Marcus. Like, I just feel like this isn't going well. And so they're like punching each other, I guess a lot. And then, uh, Asher finally got Marcus cause I guess he was punching him more. And so then he has like this little like mark under his eye. I was like busted lip, black eye. It's fine. It's fine. He's You're fine. He's a boy. But anyways, all right. So let's get into today. We're going to talk about detoxification pathways. Mm-hmm. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we work, um, with, women primarily who have chronic conditions, gut health, autoimmune, hormone imbalances. And one of the first things that we always do is prep the body for the deeper healing work. We're looking at all 12 organ systems, all of these pathways that need to be open so that we can detoxify properly. Because what we've seen, not only are protocols not as effective, uh, but they can result in a lot more reactions uh, if your drainage and detoxification pathways are not open. So we're going to talk about those pathways today, the six channels. Um, and why why is this important? Well, even for our children uh, too, I would say that we are exposed to more things in our environment, in our homes, our workspaces, our food supply, our water supply than we ever have been in the past. There's so many, I think it's 86,000 chemicals um, that they have right now listed and analyzed. But the interesting piece is there's more and more that are just being created. And so for one solution, then there's like 12 other chemicals. Um, And so what can really happen is the body gets burdened, right? You're already exposed to parasites every day, all day, no matter who you are. Like people don't want to believe that parasites are a real issue. 
They are, especially for example, if you wear your shoes inside, you're touching your child's shoes. Like you can be exposed and have spores living under fingernails for days and then somehow, you know, ingest these things, not to mention fruits, vegetables, undercooked meat, all of the stuff. Your kids are carriers. Everybody, if you have a pulse, you likely have a parasite. And so your body though is designed to clean things up. Parasites can also be commensive against some of the things we're going to talk about today in terms of heavy metals, you know, other things that we're exposed to toxin wise. They're there for a reason, but the issue becomes when you are so blocked, things are so impaired, your body cannot handle it and detoxify these things appropriately. This can really impact your health and you end up with a lot of inflammation, symptoms, uh, autoimmune conditions. And so that's what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the detox pathways, which include your colon. That's the bottom of the funnel. You got to shit that shit out. Okay. Then you've got your liver, your kidneys, your skin, your lungs, and your lymphatic system. And so all of these things are working together to keep us healthy, filtering all of this stuff out. Um, and so it's really important because again, when you are exposed to these things, externally and you know also internally you're breathing things in you're swallowing things you've got mucus you're you know stuffy and then you're swallowing all of that into the digestive tract that's going to disrupt the microbiome right so there's the digestive process here that can be impacted stress heavily influences this as well um, we're not in a parasympathetic rest and digest state where the body can really do the cleaning processes. Maybe you're not sleeping well. That's a huge thing for improper detoxification. You could also have a lot of toxicity with your relationships, your mindset, negative thoughts, feelings, emotions. And then we also would think about other things that your body is now responding to because of triggers. So we have three levels of kind of the inflammation um, cascade. The first thing is the trigger, whether that is a mold, mycotoxin, a parasite, a bacteria, a virus. It could be stress, emotional stress, physical stress. Um, you know, all of those things could be triggers. That you could have food triggers as well. But then I would you- say you can also have a cross section of triggers. Oh. So it, it like it's rarely just one thing. True. It's a culmination of multiple things. Yep. And you could be ingesting those things. You could be putting things on your skin. There could be a variety of ways that these are you know, triggering the immune system. So you have your trigger, then you have your immune system response. This is a natural response. It's a good thing. We have our adaptive and our innate immune system. So the adaptive immune system is always going through and scanning things. How do we take care of this? How do we handle it? We adapt to what's in our environment, but sometimes we can't. And that's where we become burdened, overloaded. And then we have a basically a chemical warfare. And that results in a lot of symptoms for people, including allergies, food sensitivities. I can't eat the things that I once did before. And so this is really important. You might want to put this on your re-listen so I can take notes uh, list because we're going to talk a lot about you know how we're exposed to them and then what can happen in terms of the blocked drainage pathways. Yep. So why is it important? Why should we support detoxification and drainage? So every day we kind of intake things through digestion, stress, mental, emotional, through our airways, we breathe things in, those negative thoughts and feelings. So basically toxins can enter through your lungs, through your skin, or through your GI system. Those are like the three main ways the toxins get in. And we are exposed to over, it's believed, 700,000 chemicals and toxins in our environment externally. So the food we eat, and this is not to fear monger. This is just to create mm-hmm. the reality of like what we are actually exposed to. 
food we eat, pesticides, food, pesticides that foods are grown with, hormones, non-organic fish and meat, artificial preservatives, additives and flavorings in processed foods, plastic containers that food is stored in. I am big on like one of the big changes to start making is to do your very best to eat organic, pasture-raised, cage-free, uh, locally sourced as much as you can, meat and seafood. Yes, vegetables are huge too. Vegetables are a lot easier to wash. So I, I do agree getting organic as much as you can, but there are processes, baking soda and water even, like that does a great job of cleaning vegetables and fruits. So I would say if you prioritize, do it with your proteins. Um, the water we drink, wash and bathe in. Regular tap water contains heavy metals, pesticides, and other chemicals and contaminants. If you can handle it, showering in a little bit more of a lukewarm water can help because the hotter the water is, the more it activates and then seeps into the skin. For children, there are really affordable like bath filters um, mm. that you can get. I have one. It was 70, 80 bucks. I buy a new one each year um, and that just filters the water that the kids are in, even though you know they pee in it and drink it anyways. Um <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. I mean, like, it's, it's like I've seen those things of reels of like me buying organic for my kid and then my kid chugging their urine in the bathwater and, you know, um, clothes we wear, chemicals used to produce them, microplastics and clothes made from polyester, nylon, acrylic, um, in our homes, cleaning skincare products, radiation from Wi-Fi, electronic devices, storage containers, garden and weed and insect killers, fertilizers, all of those things we are exposed to. So... That's kind of inevitable, right? Yes, you can control a lot of that, but there's a lot of that you can't control. We cannot just overwhelm ourselves with anxiety of all of the things that we're encountering on a day-to-day -day basis. So what can we do? We need to support the body to handle it better, right? So because we are consuming all of these toxins, they accumulate in the body, they interfere with normal cell function, they cause inflammation, which then causes symptoms, things like chronic fatigue, muscle and joint pain, dizziness, headaches, migraines, impaired concentration, alertness, memory, hormone imbalances, autoimmune conditions, neurological problems, digestive problems. So how can we open up those drainage and detox pathways? Because a lot of times when we see, when I see someone that is struggling to detox their body, a lot of really common things we'll see, bloating and gas, mm -hmm. constipation, skin reactions. So they have very sensitive skin. They'll get skin rashes easily. They'll get skin irritations. They'll get random things that'll pop up via the skin. A lot of times they get headaches. Um, so they'll like random through, you know, it's not chronic maybe, but it's like headaches are something they experience frequently. Uh, stools that float or very pale colored stools is really a common for one for um, poor detoxification because it's a sign that bile levels are low. Uh, sternum or right side upper quadrant pain in the stomach. That's a lot of times gallbladder and liver related, which you can usually tell is, you know, a detoxification issue. Um, and then hormone imbalances are big ones because if we're not detoxing, then that causes more of a buildup of hormones. So those are some pretty common ones that we see I might be blanking on some other ones, but those are the big ones that I typically see have to do with detoxification specifically. Nausea. Nausea is another one. So if people get mm -hmm. nausea really easily, uh, that's usually a sign of, of poor drainage and detoxification. So muscles, I would say, you know, too, like muscle soreness or headaches, migraines, if you've started to do some lymphatic drainage and you're not mm -hmm. properly clearing things out via your urine, your sweat and your poop, some of that stuff gets, gets really stirred up, right? And Swelling, so, mm -hmm. like swelling and edema. So if you're pitting in your feet, your ankles, your hands, 
hands get really swollen, rings get really tight. Those are usually a lot of times signs that the body is not moving things very well. Um, and then it's pooling, right? It's pooling in your extremities. Uh, and then what do we do, right? So these six systems, the six drainage pathways, number one, starting with the colon. And, and the way that you work drainage is always bottom up. You do not want to open your lymphatic system if you are not pooping. Because it's not going to go anywhere. Where is it going to go? It can't get out. It's going to go right back in. <laughs> and then it's going to become a bigger problem. And so this is something actually that will happen and creates a lot of times people talk about gallbladder issues. So sludge in the gallbladder, what happens when hormones do not detox properly, how they should is they get attached and tried to detox through what's called glucuronidation, which is when hormones get attached to a sugar. And so when they get attached to a glucose molecule, what it does is it creates sludge. Because if you think about anything that's attached to sugar, what does sugar do when you cook it? It turns into kind of like a syrupy liquid, right? So in the body, very similar, when it gets recirculated because it's not detoxed properly and it gets attached to that sugar now, now it's in a more harmful form and it's going through the gallbladder because the gallbladder is where we store pro-inflammatory things to be detoxed. So if you don't have a gallbladder, guess where that shit goes? Everywhere else in the body. And so that's something else that if you are not pooping, back to the original point, you do not want to get everything flowing up top because it ain't getting out. Yeah. And then you just get all this kind of systemic inflammation going on. So yeah. colon's number one. Yeah. And so what, what are you aiming for? One to three times a day. And you should just have a full elimination evacuation. So if you're like, I don't even know what that means because <laughs> I never thought about my poop and I never thought, well, you know, if I'm not going, it's okay. Cause I'm not like uncomfortable. There's a few things that I would say here. So you could do the corn test. So you could eat a half a cup of corn and then you could see how long that takes you for that to come out in your stool because it's undigestible, right? Um, it really should be about 12 to 18 hours is optimal, but at least like 24 hours, uh, or less. You could also do the same thing. If you don't like corn, can't have corn with maybe like sesame seeds. Um, those will show up little speckles, uh, in your stool. Um, but I would focus on a lot of liver loving foods, bitter foods, uh, lemon water with salt beets, um, you know, things that you can put in that can just help stimulate motility. Um, ginger is really good in terms of like being a pro kinetic. So you can use different teas here. You could use things like, um, Aloe, I like Aloe Max Lax, that's a, a supplement or colon cleanse, uh, cleanse more. You can use Moto Pro. You could use a variety of things, uh, two kiwis a day, MCT oil, prunes. There's a lot of things. So if you've not done so, you can go and just um, grab a copy of the Constipation Cure. There's a bunch of stuff there, and I did just update it for 2024. But start there because even when we have clients coming in and we see that they're chronically constipated, I'm not going to put in something to work on their gut microbiome unless I know that they are pooping. So the goal is to get them pooping first, then we can layer some additional supports into place. I love choline. Um, so you can use choline, things like optimal PC, choline by standard process, body bio PC. That's really helpful. If it is more of a liver gallbladder issue, you could also use things like seeking health, gallbladder nutrients, um, magnesium calm. You could do a magnesium citrate flush. There's a lot of ways to open this up while you are, you know, working on some of the underlying issues of why that motility might be slow, why bio might be stagnant. But, you know, a lot of people will generally say, just, you know, add more fiber to your diet. And I agree to a point. I think that if you are already back up and constipated, it might make it worse for you. Mm -hmm. So you would want to go low and slow. And we talk about this a lot in terms of 
even pre and probiotics, like fermented foods uh, or things like that. So, you know, of course, an anti-inflammatory diet is going to help. Um, removing things that can be more constipating will help. Things like uh, gluten for some individuals, if they can't break, you know, high fats down, minimizing that for a period of time. If you can't break down dairy, minimize that for a period of time. But I would work on slowly adding a little bit more fiber to your diet and diverse diversify that. So you could do this with you know, everything from fruits, vegetables, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds. You can soak and sprout things. You can cook things differently to make it a little bit more tolerable. Um, you could also try to put in a little bit of intentional fasting. And that doesn't mean that you have to be intermittent fasting, but you want to give your digestive system a break. Sometimes people don't even give themselves like a 12-hour break. They're eating till nine o'clock at night and then again it's five in the morning. And I used to be that person. So if that's you, because maybe you have like low blood sugar, very strong hunger cues, can't sleep, you know, we want to support sleep, but then maybe try to take a break from like snacking between meals, put a little bit more protein, a little bit more fat, a little bit bigger meals if you can, um, and then try to not snack uh, in between to give the, the body a little bit of digestive break. And then and next to this, this is really important. Water is the most vital nutrient to your body. If you are not adequately hydrated and you're not cellularly hydrated, you are going to basically, you know, strain your colon's going to get dried out. That bowel is going to get dried out. If you're ignoring cues when you have to go. So your large intestine expands, it's sending the signal. The muscles are contracting here. I need to go poop. Don't ignore that. Go sit on the toilet and let that shit out. What you can also do is stimulate motility by abdominal massaging. You can go for a walk after your meals. Walking is very, uh, very, very helpful um, because that will cause the, again, the colon muscles to contract and help move waste through the body. That can support peristalsis, motor migrating complex. Um, again, that would go hand in hand with kind of the fasting you have this motor migrating complex that happens about every 90 minutes. It goes like in waves to push things down and out of the body. So get yourself pooping one to three times a day. Use an assistant uh, if you need to, to help. And then, you know, work on the other things that you can do from the gut microbiome and the liver and all of these other things uh, to really get to the root of that. But don't like Becca was saying, don't start to do these lymphatic drainage massages or, you know, you wonder why you feel really crappy after you've gotten actually like a deep tissue massage, right? Or another type of massage. If you're not moving, all that stuff is just recirculating and then it's just, you know, compiling. Mm -hmm. So number two is the liver, which is one of my favorite organs. If you can have a favorite organ. Um, so the liver is constantly filtering our blood and removing harmful chemicals. We call the liver the grand central station of the body because everything goes through the liver. Hormones, toxins, heavy metals, prescription medications, supplements. This is why I don't like people, on, people being on a crap ton of supplements forever. Is there a time and a place? Yes, but it should not be forever because your, your liver has to handle those too. So there's technically three phases of liver detoxification. One Phase one is the liver produces enzymes that convert harmful toxins into less harmful ones. So basically takes that really potent estrogen and de-escalates it, or it takes that really toxic chemical and de-escalates it. And then in phase two, the liver produces more enzymes to make the toxins water soluble so that they can be removed through the bile, through the urine, through your sweat. And phase three is essentially elimination of those toxins via the stool, via the sweat, via the urine. So how do you support the liver? You need to get nutrients 
for the processes that take place from the foods and the drinks you consume. There are a lot of nutrients and vitamins that are involved in liver detoxification in phase one and phase two and phase three. If you want to figure it out, Google liver detoxification, three-phase nutrient support. You'll probably see a graph that's going to list all of the different vitamins and nutrients that are needed for each of the phases. So food-wise, what can you do? Sulfur-based vegetables can be very helpful, but the one thing that you want to watch out for with sulfur is you can become kind of high in sulfur if you eat too much of these foods. So if people have really sulfurous gas, if people, you know, are starting to notice that they're having more brain fog, things like that. Just be careful. Um, so garlic, onion, leeks, and shallots are all very high in sulfur. Uh, sulfur is necessary for a certain phase of liver detoxification. Berries are great. Citrus fruits, cruciferous vegetables, because they have a lot of sulforaphane, uh, which is a one of the most powerful antioxidants there is for detoxification. Bitter greens, like Liz was saying already, bitter foods help stimulate the production of bile. So arugula, spinach, chard, kale, verdicchio, uh, dandelion greens, mustard greens, frise, bitter herbs. So this is where like liver detox tea recipes can be great. Milk thistle. We use dandelion root tea a lot uh, because it's really helpful for liver detoxification. Broccoli sprouts are probably the most dense form of sulforaphane there is in terms of a food source. Uh, dark leafy greens, beets are awesome for the liver. Avocado, turmeric. Uh, fun fact, if you pair turmeric with a pinch of black pepper, it increases absorption by 2,000%. That is really interesting. And it's why I'm sure my honey ginger immune shot protocol has pepper in it. Yeah. Because it's a turmeric shot. So mm -hmm. you didn't know that? Uh, I didn't know that it helped that much with absorption. Um, it activates the yeah. curcumin. So, how do we include this? Start your day with warm lemon water. Again, really helpful for digestion and for liver functions. Utilize things like milk thistle or dandelion root tea. For breakfast, you could do a smoothie. I love love smoothies in the morning because they are kind of like a nice little setup for the day. I find that pairing them with like some eggs, maybe a smaller smoothie with some eggs can be really helpful because then you're getting in all of like the antioxidants, the fruits, the vegetables. I do celery, I do cucumber, I do spinach, I do, you know, frozen berries, antioxidant blend, which I don't love the seeds in the antioxidant blend. That's the one thing that I'm not loving is there yeah. are really large seeds from the cherries and from... I think they're goji berries. Mm. I haven't used them. I use a lot of wild cobbler berries for my mm. smoothies because Costco has it in a huge bag now. Yes. Um, and then I just add like other stuff yeah. to it. Plus, sometimes the color gets weird and Marcus likes to drink smoothies with me. I saw Taylor's drinking hers she too. She did this morning. She screamed at me because I tried to take her away the cup because she gets it everywhere. It was like all over her face. She takes the straw out of it and like oh, mushes yeah. it between her hands. Why, child? Why? Sensory, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she loves my smoothies. So that's like the main reason I keep making them because it's like the healthiest thing she eats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I would say here too, so I've made um, ginger turmeric shots uh, for the morning time. That's got apple cider vinegar. You can also use things like beet juice. So my, I'm excited. My mother-in-law actually just dropped off. She did fresh beet with carrot and apple. So I'll use that as well. So you can even just give yourself a little bit of these nutrients couple ounces, right? We're taking like a shot of it uh, in the morning time. If you're like, ooh, I don't like some of those things that you're saying. Well, I'm sure that you could take a, 
you know, a little bit of it and then chase it with some water, some element, a smoothie, something else. If you don't want to like ruin your smoothie, some people say it ruins my smoothies. Um, and so when we think about the third uh, organ here, that's going to be really important. Uh, this is your kidneys. So the kidneys are constantly at work to filter the blood and remove waste products um, via your urine. Okay. And so what does that need? It needs hydration. It needs adequate electrolytes. All right. And so again, we've talked about this before. This is ideally for women in the ages of, this is Western prices information. So I don't want to get it wrong, but it's somewhere between 72 and 77 ounces for just middle-aged female women, not breastfeeding. That's a minimum. Okay. We all know the eight by eight rule, right? That classic um, old wives tale there, but really 72 to 77 ounces at a minimum. Um, and I would keep that a little bit higher, especially if you're somebody who likes to have coffee, right? Or other things that have uh, caffeine that can be a little bit uh, more dehydrating. So pinch of sea salt, as Becca has already mentioned here, we can always do, you know, the fresh fruit in water, or you can do element or other electrolytes, coconut water. That's a really good source of electrolytes as well. If you want a little bit, you know, more natural. Um, I love cucumber water in the summertime. I do a lot of mint and lime, just kind of like a mocktail, uh, but it just helps me enjoy my water a little bit more. Um, you can add even things, you know, obviously various teas and stuff, but water enhancers, flavors, get your water in. I don't care. Stop making the excuse that I forget you're a grown adult, drink the dang water because it's the most vital nutrient in your body. And if you're not doing that, you got no business trying to do other complex things because it's just not going to help. Your body has to stay hydrated. Um, I love personally carrying a water bottle with a straw, one that fits in my car. It's, you know, something that has a handle, uh, something maybe with a filter. Um, I just ordered the primarily, uh, pure water filter. I'm excited for that because this one that I have here comes with a little filter, but in order to use that, I had to cut my straw and I didn't like that. So, you know, pick and choose, invest in a good water bottle, then carry it with you. You can also use hydrating foods, different fruits and vegetables. Hey, guess what God did? He created all of these things in nature that we should consume to support optimal health and we don't. So what you can think about here is you know, many fruits and vegetables have high water content. Um, things like watermelon, cantaloupe, right? Cucumbers. Love, leafy greens, mm -hmm. all those things. All those things. Eat it all. If you don't like it, try to hide it in a smoothie, right? If it's um, something that, again, maybe like a celery juice, a celery uh, water that you could do and you could mask that with some other flavors, take a shot of that right? You can do a lot of things and that might sound like a lot of effort, but if it helps you feel better, then I think that that small amount of effort mm -hmm. is a good investment. Yeah, I would agree. Number four is lymphatic system. So this is those lymphatic massages that everyone is seeing all over the internet. Liz and I have both done videos on them. <laughs> so the lymphatic system is technically part of your immune system, which transports lymph containing white blood cells around the body to help prevent infections and remove toxins. So unlike the cardiovascular system, which has kind of the heart to pump blood around the body, the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. So it relies on muscle contraction and movement to flow. This is why exercise and movement is also so vitally important to your day because it keeps the lymphatic system moving. So massage is one of the main ones. Lymphatic massage helps 
by applying very gentle pressure to the skin. So if you get a lymphatic massage comparatively to like a deep tissue massage, very different. Lymphatic massage really is just trying, you can do a lymphatic massage on yourself. Like it's really just trying to get the right below the skin, which is where the lymph system is and basically move in the direction of lymph nodes from the neck, armpit, groin, back of the knee to increase lymph flow. So there's kind of some main areas. There's the big six, if you want to look up the big six, but the neck area, there's multiple in that area, um, kind of around the collarbone, the armpit, and that is a big one for breast cancer and breast tissue, actually. Uh, groin, stomach is another one, and then back of the knee. And so this helps to remove toxins. You can perform this at home. You can have a professional do it. Dry brushing is another one that a lot of people will do. And again, this does not need to be like you're pressing super hard on the skin. You use a wooden dry brush with coarse natural bristles and you very gently massage the area in, again, that kind of order. So the neck towards the heart, the armpit towards the heart, the stomach up, the legs from the ankles up, all of that kind of all pushing back to the heart. Um, So it also removes dead skin cells, which is nice. Um, We typically recommend doing it before a shower so that when you're done, obviously, you know, you're eliminating those dead skin cells and not just having them stay on your skin. Uh, So contrast, hot and cold showers are great. We typically say to end with a cold uh, is the best form of method. Rebounding is amazing. So bouncing gently up and down on a rebounder increases the force of gravity acting on the body. So as lymph vessels run in a vertical direction on the limbs and torso, the vertical movement during rebounding and alternate compression and release of tissues is thought to increase lymph flow more than horizontal moving like walking and running. So like with any treatment, it's recommended, you know, start slow. I feel like back in the day, the eighties had it right. They were all on those rebounders doing their exercise, just getting their lymph system moving. It's probably a partially reason why we were more healthy back then. Movement, like I already said. So you can do a twisting pose. You can do inversion. Inversion is actually great for your nervous system too. Uh, It's a very releasing movement. So you lay on on the ground next to a wall and put your legs up on the wall. Uh, It's great for essentially using gravity, obviously, to increase lymph flow back to the heart. But it's also really good for your nervous system. And then tapping. Um, Tapping is something that... Some people find a ton of help with. I think it's really good for kids. Uh, So you can look up tapping videos, but it stimulates lymph vessels below the skin to improve lymph circulation. It also helps calm down the nervous system. So if you have kids that have anxiety or anything like that, uh, that can be really helpful. Deep breathing. We talk about deep breathing all the time. Look up Mm -hmm. box four breathing, four seconds in, four second hold, four second out, four second hold, all through the belly. Hydration, again, shocker. Um, and I'm not going to read the last one because I want to wear leggings every day. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in this. Some <laughs> I don't people, believe in it either. Somebody messaged me and they're like, "Avoid tight clothing." I feel that it, you know, impacts. Listen to each their own. I don't know what kind of spandex you're wearing, but I'm wearing the cotton uh, leggings that are not extremely tight. I'm not putting things on my body that are like. I can't get on easily, right? So, like the Lululemon line, we love those. You I can want also. When I'm pregnant. Like, yeah, you can also find. Um, Who's the company that we like that's on Amazon? CRZ. CRZ. I'm wearing them right now. They, mm-hmm. I have I have been transferred from CRZ to from, from Lulu to CRZ. Yeah. They're like yeah. a third of the price. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, 
I, I'm just not going to like agree with that. Right. <laughs> uh, so obviously if it's super, super tight, you're trying to get into jeans that are extremely tight. You're wearing like super tight socks. You know, there's a reason they call them compression socks for a reason that's going to obviously decrease lymph flow skin. We talked about this on Monday, the largest surface organ. Um, so water and fat soluble toxins are eliminated via the skin. So when you are sweating, you are excreting toxins. This is also why your sweat has a smell to it. That's normal. It's not normal to have a crazy, crazy, you know, smelly sweat or, you know, horrible BO that you might want to address, but you know, you're not going to smell sweet basically, uh, if you are sweating. So, um, ways that you can do this, obviously through exercise, the rebounding could be great as well. Um, you could, you know, of course use like a sauna. I love, um, the sauna. Uh, I'm trying to do that at the end of my workouts, at least a couple days a week. You could also use Epsom salt baths, uh, steam showers. Those would be great. Epsom salts are really good in terms of detoxification. So they're high in magnesium and sulfate that will draw uh, toxins and heavy metals out of the body. You can also use a detox powder. Um, it is the clay mask. Let me look it up. I just had it uh, ordered and delivered from Amazon, which is something that I'm going to be adding to my uh, baths, Aztec healing clay. Um, and so that's a powder actually that you could put into your Epsom salt bath. You can also use essential oils uh, as well. So you know, if you're somebody who says, well, I just don't sweat, this is all the reason why you might need to force your body to sweat a little bit. Um, we do want to be able to sweat. On the flip side of that, you might say, hey, I can't do it through exercise because I have a lot of joint pain or back pain or whatever that might be. Okay, well then try to get into an infrared sauna, a dry sauna, whatever that looks like. Um, a lot of gyms and spas obviously have those things. The lungs. So I think this should come as no surprise to people, but obviously the lungs remove carbon dioxide and other waste products when you are exhaling. So deep breath work. I know for me, I do struggle with belly breathing. I'm working on this because I'm a chest breather, shallow breather. Um, and so I breathe kind of, you know, just like rapidly. I don't take real big breaths. So I'm trying to work on that. So you can do somatic breathing. You could place your chest, uh, sorry, one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly, really push into the belly. You can also do things like nasal breathing, alternate nostril breathing, um, you know, and really focus on that box breathing. Four seconds in, four second hold, four seconds out. You also want to think about like, if you've ever been to a yoga class in through the nostrils, out through the mouth, really focusing on that exhale. So those are all things you can also do, um, guided breath work, go on Spotify, YouTube, wherever there's a lot of uh, things out there. And so those are kind of the, the big six channels. And it's really important for us to keep these drainage pathways open if we want to feel our best, but also remember that there's a lot of inputs that you can control, right? And so we've talked about this before, non-toxic living products, start to make swaps, utilize the Yuka app, go to the EWG. They've got a lot of things there. I kind of rate it, you know, in terms of good, better, best. So if something is, you know, not highly rated or it's, it's basically poorly rated and it's very toxic, throw it out right? You can replace it. Uh, if it's more moderate, then okay, make the swap. For example, your shampoo or lotion, whatever, right? Just that that might be the next time that you're running out and you need to swap it. Okay. 
buy something that is better rated on the Yuka app. There's a lot of affordable things too. Um, we've talked about this before in terms of products that we like that are more affordable because some of this stuff can get really expensive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just remember that everything that you put into your body from a food perspective is either helping you or harming you. There's always a cost. Um, you know, I know a lot of people can, and you can really get into the weeds too with, um, FODMAPs, sulfur, you know, a variety of things, nightshades, just have a a diverse diet and try to balance things and try to rotate your foods and try to minimize a lot of the inflammatory seed oils, processed foods, artificial flavors, preservatives, food colorings. Um, those are all things that can really, really help. Um, and then the other thing that I would just say is, you know, the central nervous system plays a big role in our healing. Our vagus nerve plays a big role in our healing. So a lot of the things that we've talked about can definitely help, but how are you managing your stress? How are you supporting your body getting out of a state of stress? Are you, you know, doing things to bring you joy, walking in nature? Are you humming? Are you singing? Are you dancing? You know, all of those things can be really important. Um, also to support the detoxification pathways as well. So that would include detox relationships, get people out of your life that are toxic to you, that make you feel inferior, that leave you more stressed out and, um, you know, (laughs) keep you awake at night because things are just uh, not serving you anymore. And that's okay. Because what we're going to talk about on Friday is nothing is stagnant in different seasons. Things will serve you and in other seasons they won't. Um, so you might want to think about that too. If you've already done a lot of these things to support detoxification, then look into your environment, look into the people that surround you and see where else you can clean things up. Put a smile on your face. Never let them take your joy away. Let the sunshine make your day. Take your hand to your love. Wanna dance the night away. But get away and escape on a vacay. Life's a marathon, not a relay. It's up to you to do what you love to do. Let no one stop you.